Hey everybody, welcome back to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast. I'm Tim Chelswick, joined by Mr. Matt Drury. I'm Matt Drury. You are. Yeah, that's Still. what they tell me. I don't know. I'm trying to get rid of that <laughs> you name. You can't shed that no. name. <laughs> no, it's on my Instagram <laughs> handle. It's got to be me. It's, so you are verified. <laughs> no, I'm not, actually. Really? <laughs> no. Oh, I'm not what do you famous. Ha- what do you have to hit to be verified? I don't think it goes like that. I think no. you gotta you gotta be famous. <laughs> so mm. that's the thing I'm lacking. Crap. <laughs> Someday, keep reaching for that rainbow, eh, man. <laughs> one day, Tim. But but we are we are joined by someone who is famous. Who actually is famous. Yeah, known around the world for his archery ability, Mr. Rod White. Rod, welcome back, man. Hi, how's it going? Are you verified? I don't know. It's a blue check. <laughs> if he's not verified, I'm sure as hell not going to be verified. Maybe we can get one of our producers to look that up while we're yeah. While we're if, on the if, air here. if you're verified or not, well, yeah. he said he don't care. So, well, Rod does have a Wikipedia page, oh. which kind of puts you in a in a different category. I, I don't even want to look. I, I was going to say, anybody can update those, so you better not have any <laughs> skeletons you, you, in your closet. You may want to go check that oh, out. there is a few. <laughs> well, so speaking of kind of online presence, we're talking today about persecution because of being a hunter yeah. and what that looks like, where it comes from, how do you manage it, how do you deal with it, because we know that the, the spotlight is on us. There's two ways to go about it. One way is to be nice. One way is to be except like people's them. cars on fire. <laughs> so no, you can yeah. go. No, I mean that's you know, if it kind of goes back to the age old saying, if you can't say nothing nice, don't say nothing at all. That well, that saying has been forgotten. Well, the with internet. the internet, they blew that way out <laughs> no of the park. Kidding. I mean, that thing's not even anywhere near us anymore. So I'm <sighs> curious, Rod, do you ever take any uh, heat on social media from whether it be anti hunters or you know our brethren or our hunters that. I, that's where I get most of my crap from. <laughs> How is it for you? Um, yeah, I think I've had some bad experiences. Not not a ton, but I've had some pretty bad ones. Everything from um, boy, one of the worst was somebody wanting to stab my kids in the eye with a hot fork um, to I've had bad experiences in the field. Um, and I, some of it may be brought on myself by by making mistakes on social media, explaining where I'm at and what I'm doing, um, that have cost me some situations. This fall was, was an example of that. Um, I just I had too much information out there on social media and I found out a little bit later on kind of some of the background story of, of what happened with, with me and an experience. And, and that was another hunter. Um, I think a lot of the, the cases that I see for me personally, I, I feel like I do a pretty good job policing my, my posts and, and watching who's making comments. And, um, I don't, just, I, I don't just accept any kind of friend request. And if I have a problem with somebody, I immediately get rid of them because it seems like the root of the problem when you have one problem person on social media, it spreads like wildfire to all their buddies. And then pretty soon you're getting all sorts of comments. And I have some friends that really take some heat. It seems like the, the friends that I have that are, that are girls in the industry, they really take heat for whatever reason. I mean, really bad. So um, I see it more so on their stuff. But the stuff that I see, a lot of it really is, unfortunately, it's our own own brothers and sisters out there that are mm-hmm. and that cause problems sometimes and it's it's very strange to me well rod with to whatever detail you you feel comfortable uh i i, kn- I know you had a run-in with some folks on your on your western hunt this past fall talk talk uh, as much detail as you can about that experience yeah i can it's, i mean it's not that big a deal but it, it was a it, it ruined my last day for sure and i was on a pretty good bull the best bull i could find in the unit um was about a 360 bull and I'd spent, um, I drew a tag in Utah 
a, a weird draw. Um, it, it was on the Ponsagon, which is a really difficult tag to draw. It's not the best elk unit in the world, but it's one of the best mule deer units in the world. I mean, a lot of people covered that tag. Hmm. And uh, I saw a lot of really good muleys in there, and I just had a hard time. It was a drier year this year. Um, so what happened was when, when I, how I drew the tag was someone had drawn the tag and turned it back in, and then they put put the, all the names back in a hat again, I guess, and pull them back in. And my percentage of drawing was like 1.026 or something, the lady Jeez. told me at Fishing Game. Um, and I only had one preference point in Utah. And looking at the point system, I was thinking actually this year, I was like, man, it's going to take me – if it takes some of these people 22 years to draw a San Juan tag, which is you know probably the num- one of the number top three units right mm-hmm. now, it's going to probably take me 40 years because there's that many more people probably putting into it because of the way the point attrition system thing works. And so when she called and said, hey, I've got this tag for you, what it meant was I'm, that was going to be my hunt of a lifetime in Utah type deal because for me to draw another tag, I have to sit out now five years and then I'm going to have to wait another 30, 40 years probably to draw a tag. Well, by then I'm I'm not probably going to care or I'll be dead one of the two. So, <laughs> so the stakes were really high for you to make something happen on this trip. Yeah. I was like, I, I want the tag. So I got the tag and, um, you know, and I posted quite a bit of social media about getting it in there and, and I, I'm still going to do this. I, I still, I post, I'd like this, this year I did a 30 days rut podcast where I walk people through like the things they should be really looking at over the next couple of days that are upcoming, depending on where they're at in their phase of the rut. And I give tips and tactics and I was doing a lot of public land stuff and I was doing this with the elk thing too. And as I was going through it, there's, I mean, there's, it's a different world there than where I normally hunt in Idaho and in Montana. I just figured with such a limited system, I could be really free with the information I was giving out as far as where I was at in locations. I was showing map details. Mm. Um, and I think it, well, I know it did. It eventually bit me in the tail. And it wasn't even with a, and it's not a, I don't want to make it sound bad about gun hunters at all, but it was a gun hunting situation where people were coming in to, for that limited gun season which actually started in september september 15th i think yeah. it was so our archery season ended really early there or their archery season and when i drew that tag and i was giving out a lot of information there were a lot of people that i would start to run into on the roads and 99 percent of the people were super great people um but the last going into the last day to like super shorten a story I, I went um i i pulled up into all these roads basically it's hard to explain but these roads all go up into these kind of coolie looking drainages and then that they end right there. And then there was a, a park, uh, Bryce Canyon National Park right there. And I parked my truck right where, like, you you would know that, okay, if, if there's a truck park there, somebody's hunting up that drainage mm-hmm. for sure. So um, I parked my truck right there, and I went in, and I had made it 50, 75 yards, and here comes a four-wheeler in behind me, and then here comes a truck in behind me, and then another truck in behind me. And um, I was at that one really good bull I was on in that drainage, I finally had an opportunity at, or would have had an opportunity at that evening, I think. Um, I'd seen him. Um, I circled around, tried to get ahead of him. I couldn't, cut him up, I couldn't get up above him where I wanted to be, and I had to drive back around to get to where I needed to be positioned for the evening. And when I did, I went back to the truck, and there at my truck, all four of my valve stems were pulled out of, the, out of my truck tires, mm. and I had my mountain bike on the back. The tires were pulled out of it, or the plugs were pulled out of it, um, which – they could get out with a, a pair of pliers, but the ones in my truck, they need, you know, probably a tool or whatever to get into them. And they let all the air out and there was something on the back of my windows that leave our elk alone, stay out of our state or something like that. Jeez. And I was like, you gotta be freaking kidding me. Um, so I was, it was a, it was a tough experience. I later found out I had to walk five and a half miles back to the truck, which made me angry mostly because man, if, I, I'm a solo hunter. I hunt by myself all mm-hmm. the time. 
And I mean, what if I would have got hurt up in there in the mountains or yeah. what if something weird happened? I mean, what if, <laughs> what if, um, and you come out to the truck and you can't get to help because somebody was upset. You're going to shoot their elk. I mean, it was, it was really frustrating later on to find out that, um, through a couple other sources on Facebook that, um, there was actually a guy who was going in there rifle hunting him and his buddies mm. and they wanted that bull and they're doing everything they could to make sure that I didn't kill him that day. Um, wow. Which, you know, a lot of things still have to go to, together, right, to make it happen. But, man, it's public land, and it, 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 that was frustrating for me. But that led, that that spawned from my social media, giving out too much information. And it's unfortunate because I, I don't, I'm not going to let it deter me from giving out information again. But mm-hmm. it is frustrating when you're trying to help people and explain to them, like, hey, these are the types of things that you're looking for on public land. I wish I could just show them a map. And I did that um, with my whitetail stuff this year. And I yeah. showed, hey, here's all my possible stand locations. Here's how I approach this piece of public ground. And I came back the next day, and, of course, there were nine vehicles there, almost all of them out-of-staters. No good um, deed goes unpunished. No, but, hey, you know, I mean, I, I want to help people, so it's cool. You get through it. It's just part of the challenge. But the social media thing is definitely something that's very, very frustrating to me. <laughs> that's horrible because, <laughs> it's you know, that goes back to the point where it wasn't an anti-hunter. It wasn't a vegan. It wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. supposedly our enemies that you always hear – on online people will talk about the antis the antis our problem is just as much in our own house as it is out of the house and it's and it's people like that i mean it's that's shitty you know that's mm-hmm. you're 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 a horrible person to do something like that yeah. and and you know to think that what if you did get hurt i mean that's there's just a lot of things that could have went wrong there for you and you know how far away from where how did you get out of there it was a it was a four and a half five mile walk um, diagonally. Luckily, that you know that kind of country there's a lot easier to hunt than what I normally hunt in Montana or Idaho. But um, yeah, it was it was a hike all the way back to a gas station, and there was a guy there who was nice enough with a big fat tip that <laughs> drove me back um, to to my truck and had valve stems and got me air back up again to where I could at least get back into Salt Lake, and then I got my tires fixed there, shields or or got the replacements or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, valve stems for my mountain bike there fat bike i had I would but be, yeah it could have went really bad i'd be so heated man i would oh, be yeah. livid yeah. <laughs> i don't know that's just it's just kind of crappy and you know i think most people have dealt with seeing or you know they call it bullying you call it whatever you want it's mm-hmm. just people being really crappy yeah uh to other people online i mean whether it's in hunting or any other walk of life you see you know athletes or musicians or Hollywood star, you know, people get berated and people behind the keyboard, whether it's on the phone or computer feel really, um, it's their thing where they get off on it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's, I, I think everybody probably knows like one person, like personally mm-hmm. knows one person that goes and does that stuff. And it's like, I always try to visualize like, Oh, so-and-so's like that. Like he's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. this guy's an idiot. Really? Well, it, it, it's so disappointing. Cause Matt, like you mentioned, these are people in our, like on our community. Like I, I, I see the hunting world as a big family and, and you got some, you know, weird relatives and stuff. And, but you don't, you, you don't expect that from them. You feel like we've got bigger fish to fry out there with, you know, the, 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 the pressures against hunting culturally, we don't need that in our own house. At the end of the day, a lot of times it's an uneducated person and you hate to boil it down to that level, but a lot of times I'll follow through and click their links, click their profile, see where they go. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it's not that hard to see, all right, this guy, he, you know, you could kind of 
classify him as a certain kind of person. It's not that hard. And usually that's what it is. So you got to remind yourself like, all right, all walks of life can get on the internet right. and, and, and make comments. And they don't all have the same upbringing or education or you didn't even take an education, just upbringing in a lot mm-hmm. of cases to, to know what's right, wrong, or, you know, what you should or shouldn't say. So I don't know. I try to take it with a grain of salt. You get, you get, I, Personally, I don't get it as much as like Taylor does. To your point, Rod, like the girls in our industry, females in our industry, just get hammered over this stuff. You kill a big deer, you shouldn't have, you know, man, there was some really pretty crappy stuff on deer cats the other day that we yeah. had to take off about a female hunter. And it's just amazing the mentality that guys have about what they can say about females. It's unreal, man. And I got a daughter and I got, you know, and I think even for Taylor, it's like, God, I would, I would really want to beat the crap out of somebody if that you heard them speak to your, you know, a girl that way in front of you, but it's okay somehow to do it online. And the stuff they say is really, really sick, man. It's over-sexualized. It's, it's dysfunctional. And, and 99% of them, I'm guessing would not say that to your face. I don't know. And if you're, (laughs) listening to this podcast or watching and you're one of those guys go jump in a creek (laughs) unsubscribe to the podcast seriously i don't want you listening to it it's you know because there's no place for it we don't need that we got enough problems we got problems just trying to keep hunters hunting Mm -hmm. get youth hunting after they get through their youth program to keep them hunting i mean there's a billion other issues we have other than you thinking that some guy sat too far behind his deer for a photo (laughs) get over it Really, get over it. There are a couple uh, online forums that I just backed out of because I thought, hey, this you know, originally this is cool. You know, I'll, I'll be able to get some information. I'll be able to pose some questions or share something that yeah. I wrote. And oh my gosh, I mean, it starts with the A, ends with a K, <laughs> rhymes with awk. Yeah, it, you just can't say anything on those places. They just vilify anybody that's got a camera in their hand or anybody that's trying to usually uh, do something good for the sport, at least in our eyes, we feel like we're trying to, you know, make something better than what we found it. Mm -hmm. And they just see it as you're a money hungry, uh, land grabbing, stupid face. Yeah. Yeah. Good one, Tim. (laughs) You know, (laughs) what, what, how can you combat that? You can't combat it. So don't even get involved with it. The best response is no response. A lot of times you you think about what maybe someone who's new to the sport and they think, well, I'm going to, I'm going to go here. I'm going to get some information. I'm going to get some help. And they just get lit up because they ask a question that's not a hundred percent percent yeah. orthodox it's like gosh you know, we, this is not helping our cause <laughs> bringing more people into the fold i no. so i don't know i get pretty fired up about it because we take a lot of crap in general as a company and you know a lot of times there's no, there's hey, if we screwed up a guy you know we show a shot a guy takes a bad shot or whatever and we show it and, and i can understand where some guys might be like hey mm-hmm. we shouldn't be showing that i i understand that sure. and i'll take that one okay let's take the heat for that but when a guy sits behind his deer and you think it's three inches too far behind his ear deer or whatever to Mm -hmm. hold a hold up and take a picture i mean it's stupid stuff yeah like who gives a crap i don't i don't go onto your page and say man your picture it's in the back of a truck and you got beer cans everywhere and you look like a hoosier i wouldn't say that (laughs) but it's okay for you to come on and say hey you're sitting six feet behind the deer. No, I'm not. It's a big deer. Yeah, I'm just holding it up. It man. is. Yeah, and, and, and it is important. For, I mean, big body deer, for, by the way. <laughs> yes, it, it is important for us to knowing that there are there's a lot of kind of unsubstantiated criticism. 
I don't think that means that we necessarily stop considering the criticisms that we get because sometimes the criticisms are maybe delivered poorly, but there's some truth within there that we have to heed. Yeah, sure. We get a lot of emails and stuff through the website and I'll, I'll answer all those have for 15 years. And you have that diamond in the rough every once in a while. That's Mm -hmm. well-written that has a valid point and you try to get into a discussion with him and, and, and bring your points up. But with a guy that if he emails you or sends you a message and it's in all caps, there's no talking to that <laughs> it's guy. It's not going to go well. There is no I – mean, Rod, have you ever experienced that, the all cap yes. reply? <laughs> or with a bunch of emojis after it. Yeah, mm-hmm. exclamation points, 15. You, you're not going to have a civil conversation with that guy, yeah. let me tell you. Well, and, uh, and so, so Rod and I are both members of an outcast society. We are banned from Facebook Marketplace. Oh no! <laughs> What'd you do, Rod? I was a lethal deer call the other day. <laughs> banned for trying to sell a deer call. No kidding. Yep. And I and and I even um, appealed it. I said it's just a deer call. It's not a weapon because it says right there why they banned you. And it's mine was I was banned from Facebook because I had a, a, I was selling a weapon. It's not a weapon. It's just a deer call. That and they the still best. rejected me. That could be the best marketing for a deer call ever, though. Yeah, yeah. This it is deer a weapon. call this is, is a weapon. considered a weapon. <laughs> I think, you know, um, along with social media lines, I think one of the things, too, that uh, people should just kind of step back and maybe think about, and, may, and maybe it's because they haven't gone through the process yet, but I'm at a point in my career right now, I never took my bow off the hook um, this entire season. And I've gone through a process now where I've, I've, I've gone from, I just wanted to shoot a deer with a bow when I was a kid to, I just I want to shoot a buck, and then oh I want to shoot a bigger buck and a bigger buck, and oh now I want to shoot deer that are five, six, seven years old, and I've gone through that whole process, and now it takes a lot for me to want to shoot a deer, but that process of 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 understanding that where people are in their what they have the ability to hunt, whether they're hunting public land or whether they're hunting managed private land or whether they can control their own land, and the gentleman we talked about last week that has you know a, a sweet corn field he's hunting over. If he has the ability to mow that sweet corn, he has a significant advantage over somebody who's hunting a farm by permission only that can't go over and mow that. And so just those simple little things that um, I don't think people take into account, like your ability as a hunter to kill a deer of a certain age class, that you can't, you can't look at somebody's deer that they shot um, and be upset because they shot a uh, – what you think is a three and a half year old deer that could have been something someday. Well, you know what? If the guy's in Michigan hunting on public land and he finds a three year old deer, he's probably done next to the impossible. So you don't know the whole situation. And I think a lot of those comments come out of those things uh, directed at all of us as hunters, even, even we'll just say just the average Joe hunter, people make comments about things that they don't fully understand the circumstance. And if you see somebody with a deer that they shot or an elk or whatever it is, and they're happy, why can't why can't you just be happy for him? Just a simple <laughs> congratulations would be awesome. You're upset because what you could have shot that deer in two more years, you don't even know where they're hunting at. You may not even be in the same state. Um, so that's one of the things that I see. I think that is, and I, I mentioned it on a podcast I did a while ago. Was that I was just I was livid about getting responses about I shot a four year old last year. You know what? I haven't shot a deer for four years. I decided I want to shoot a deer. I let this thing walk like three or four times, and the experience I had in that last day before gun season, I'm just like I was. I was Facebook messaging a friend and back and forth. <laughs> He's like, you should just shoot it. It'll be, you know, if you're going to have fun, just shoot it. Like, ah, man, I don't know. I don't want to shoot a four-year-old because I've 
been really fortunate to be hunting a lot of upper age class deer. Now we have a situation here in Southeast Iowa where we got pounded again with EHD in certain properties that, um, in certain areas where we're just, um, the odds of finding a deer that's five and a half, I haven't found one yet this season. So does that mean I should just, should, should I not shoot a deer because it doesn't match everyone else's social media standards? Or should I, if I feel right about it and everything felt good that day and there was a lot of cool things and I have a good memory, you know, good memories of that hunt and I shoot a deer, well, I mean, why, why should somebody be upset about that? And I watched so much of that happen on that it's it's very frustrating to me. And I think that's where, when you mentioned earlier about, when Matt mentioned earlier about it's us that do it to each other, it really is. That's where most of my problems come from. And, and it can be something as simple as somebody feeling upset because I shot a deer that maybe someday they could really shoot, but they're really probably not because they're not in the same areas or even in the same state. It's a, it's a weird deal because you – you know, you can't relate to another person's hunting scenario, as you're saying. Yeah. But who cares? Really, who cares? As long as you, you're you're out there hunting, you're having a good time, mm-hmm. you're happy about it. I had a guy that's on our team. He's been with us a long, long time, and he told me this has been years ago. He's like, man, I don't really care to watch uh, another hundred and thirty inch deer get shot on TV. I just tune out. And so the big complaint we're getting more and more and more is that we're getting out of touch with our consumer and our team is killing bigger and bigger deer. Well, they're a lot like you, man, where it's like they've been doing it a while and they've graduated up past the point of, of it's a numbers game. They want to kill the oldest deer, which a lot of times happens to be a big deer. And I understand totally what our consumers saying like hey man they love the old vhs titles where mark and terry are killing you know 120 inch deer mm-hmm. and at the time they were cover bucks uh but it's not the reality for us anymore it doesn't mean that that you can't enjoy the entertainment it doesn't mean that we aren't happy for a guy out there that is shooting those that caliber of deer mm-hmm. i'm shooting those i'm shooting that caliber of deer this year i got lucky yeah. but most years you know if i kill 140 inch deer it's a banner year for mm-hmm. me it's just about where you're hunting what you have at your fingertips at your fingertips the type of the quality of your deer herd who cares i keep going back to that i don't understand why people care so much because say greg lesner goes kills a 239 biggest deer in 30 years of our company's history we killed the biggest deer of our company's history this year all right well, you see every year on social media, you see probably 15 to 20 deer that are gigantic that Joe Schmo average guy killed, you know, on the back 40 or wherever. Mm-hmm. And never once do I ever question like, that's a high fence deer, 100% <laughs> high fence. He's rich. He's, you know, and start throwing out, oh, he's rich. He's got all the, he's on a deer farm. He's, you know, I never think of those things ever. I think, dang. That's a giant, dude. That's awesome. It's relative to the area. But when we kill something like that, it's like high fence, deer farm. If I had your property, I could do it too. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, you're out of touch. It's a rich man's game. It's like, what the hell? Why is this different than your average Joe killing a giant? Right. You you know, a, a, every once in a while, lightning does strike twice and you could kill a big deer. I understand Mark does it yearly. The rest of the guys outside of maybe Tom Ware, the rest of them don't do it yearly. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? It's a good year if they ki- kill a big caliber deer. So I don't know, man. I just I just don't understand people's thought process and why they get so bent out of shape yeah. about it. Maybe I'm out of touch. Are you guys ready for some dime store psychology? Let's hear it. 
So, um, so, so we all go through these developmental stages and some people get farther along than others. Um, but one of the stages and typically it's typified during the teen years, it's egocentrism. The world revolves around you and you cannot, you cannot grasp another person's point of view because you're so wrapped up in your own. You're getting deep. And dime store psychology, baby. That's big words, dude. <laughs> yeah, we he lost me at dime. <laughs> you can't think outside of yourself. It, 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 I mean, wait, wait till you have teenagers and, 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 you'll, and you'll see that it's all about them. And... And with the advent of social media, we've only fed the flames of that developmental stage now to where it's delaying people's graduation from that because the idea is, yeah, teenagers are on the whole a little self-centered and a little egocentric, but you know the mature ones who are the ones who consider other people's feelings and consider other people's perspectives. With social media, we almost reward people for their egocentrism, and it becomes so much about themselves that that literally that stage is delaying in people now to into their adulthood, and some people just never graduate out of it. And so I, I think that's where a lot of the anger and the uh, the, 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 the people that are uh, that are upset with with other people who the, kill big deer because it's not them. Yeah, there's like two groups that I see. Todd, you have to tell me if this is what you see, but there's two groups that I see a lot. It's especially on like YouTube, Instagram. It's young kids that are maybe even in high school. Like they got some cojones on them. Like they'll say anything. That's a terrible thing. They'll say terrible things. It's young kids and it's old white guys that say mm. terrible things about <laughs> female hunters. Like it's, it's unbelievable. Those two... I mean, I hate to just put it in like a box like that, but those two people really suck at social media. Those two groups. (laughs) That's what I see. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 so we have to, we have to ourselves, I think, think outside of ourselves and consider the perspectives of other people, understand their critiques, you know, take to heart the ones that are legitimate, but then be really cautious about our responses because other people are watching people who are on the fence about hunting. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You said you'll take the approach if somebody gets negative on your pages, you'll, you'll ban them and are quick to kind of pull the trigger. And it'll take a lot for me to do that on mine. I know, you know, Mark and Taylor on, on the jury page in general and Taylor's page, they're very quick to just say ban them, ban them. I honestly don't mind getting into a dialogue with someone if it's somewhat professional in manner of, of, they got a valid point to start out. Maybe they're not saying it. I mean, if it's just vulgar, I understand yeah. ban them. But if they got a valid point, or, you know, not everybody is evil and questioning. Right. Like, I don't mind having a conversation like, well, why'd you do that or this? Like, hey, well, on my setup, this is why I did it. I don't mind having that kind of conversation. And, and you know. As long as it's a conversation. Usually where it ends is the person you will have a, a earned respect from someone that says, oh, okay, I get it now. I just wondered. Been mm-hmm. a fan for a long time. Yeah. That's how it usually ends. Hey, man, been a fan. It's like, okay, well. <laughs> That's a weird way of showing it. Weird way of but... showing it, but, but whatever. So, I don't know. Have you ever had those kind of experiences oh yeah and i I don't um i don't get rid of comments or ban people for having questions or questioning me i mean there's when i get uh questions about things especially when it comes to like bow tuning and setting up bows and i get um some of those i turn around and and like really try to dissect the question what was the guy or gal trying to get at and sometimes hey i'm wrong and that's no big deal i don't i don't get rid of those type of things but the the stuff where you know stabbing your kids in the eye with a hot fork and whatever, dude, that stuff yeah. is not cool with me at all. And that I, I make sure I delete that stuff 
as soon as it happens because it just seems to spread like wildfire to the rest of the they like it seems like when you have one anti-hunter especially um that makes one comment they have a band full of members or friends or i don't know what the deal is but once there's one there'll be another one and once there's two there's going to be six Coming. and there's six and there's 14 so <laughs> yeah i just try to extinguish those immediately we, we but have. everything else I, yeah heck yeah i mean i don't i welcome anybody to question some of the stuff i'm saying or whatever it doesn't sometimes it gets old trying to explain to people especially when you talk about killing big deer people won't some people get really upset if you show a video of, of a 160-inch deer walk by you didn't shoot. They get really upset, and you're somehow some kind of a jerk because you're being arrogant about letting a deer walk in front of you. And then, that's happened to me quite a bit. And this is relative those, to your area. Yeah, it is, and you, you have to explain that. It's just like me going out elk hunting out west. I love elk hunting, but I haven't been putting in like I should have been putting in when I was 12 years old for points for elk all over the place. Well, a guy like... Almer and some of these other guys that don't get me wrong, they're stone cold killers, but man, they've been playing this point game for a long time and they have points in States to, to access deer and elk that I will never be able to access in my entire lifetime. So I can't, I can't compare what I have to hunt with what they have to hunt. And I'm certainly not going to get upset at somebody. I, and I know Randy Almer's a great guy competed against them multiple times, but you know, geez, he's got access to stuff I don't have access to. You guys have access to ground that other people don't have access to, and I have before in the past too. And part of the, this, year, this year why I wanted to go back to hunting all public land was because I just wanted to go back and see what that experience was because what I remember it was eight years ago is not quite the same as it is now for sure. There's a lot more hunters than what there ever has been. We've had a dynamic change in our population here. So what I'm seeing for deer now, what, I mean, would I shoot a lesser deer? Probably, because otherwise I may not ever shoot a deer compared to what I normally shot. I mean, I went through seasons where I shot – were a tag out three three booners and three tags and now that you know isn't something i probably have on my plate so back to the social media thing i guess what i'm saying is that like i, I can clearly see everybody's perspective now and i just um i hope that some of those keyboard warriors out there to make comments about people especially newer hunters um and and people that are just getting started kids man don't be so quick to judge what they have to hunt and even if they even if they could shoot 200-inch deer, there are people out there, believe it or not, that would shoot the first spike that came along. And, man, they had fun. They had good experience. Don't knock it. Yeah. Well, and, and probably the the impact that this podcast will have is not on the keyboard warrior so much as it is the, the, the good guys that are out there hunting and how we temper our responses so we don't fan the flames and make it worse. Yeah. So, great. Rod, thanks so much for joining us, man. It's been awesome having you on. If folks want to follow you, find out more about you, how do they do that? Um, well, uh, the, the NFA's website is probably a great resource, www.nfaausa.com. Um, I'm the bowling coordinator there, so uh, you can catch me there. And then um, on social media, I'm on Instagram as Olympic Bow Hunter, and Facebook, I think, is Rod White Olympic Bow Hunter. And then um, you can find me at rodwhite.com and um, – there's some stuff I turn on and off. There's some different classes I do here and there, but um, those those are the main places. Rod, I thought you were going to start by saying I don't. After this conversation, I don't <laughs> want people to find me. I'm going dark. <laughs> yeah, I just canceled all my accounts. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't blame you if you do sometimes. Great. Well, uh, well, everyone, thanks for watching and listening to the show today. If you want to subscribe, if you haven't already, you can do so on YouTube. You can do the same on the audio side of the podcast via Stitcher, Podbean, SoundCloud, uh, Google Play, iTunes. There's there's a million ways that 
you can get the show delivered directly to your device, whatever it happens to be. If you want to leave us a question so we can answer it on the air, go to dreoutdoors.com slash podcast and uh, click the send voicemail tab. Leave us a message with your question, your name, and your location, and we will endeavor to get that on the show. Leave a message. Please. <laughs> at the beep. I miss answering machines. I don't. <laughs> I'm, I'm good with it. Yeah, the, nice, oh, the technology is nice, but. Yeah. All right, so Sorry. last thing. You can follow us on social media, Jury Outdoors. You can follow along. If you want a safe space, that's a popular <laughs> word, safe space, from getting banned from Facebook Marketplace. Yeah, getting triggered. Deercast. I mean, honestly, like this conversation, really we cool. didn't we didn't touch on this, but the reason why, one of many, but one of the big reasons why we decided to develop the app is to have a spot for hunters to be able to go to and not have to worry about the fact that somebody on the East Coast or the West Coast doesn't understand your way of life. They mm -hmm. don't understand wh what hunting's about. They don't understand that a dang deer call isn't a weapon. <laughs> I mean, th that's what DeerCast is about. We're, this is a place where we can go. Yep. And... Um, so far, by and large, it's been 99.9% .9 very positive. The one little incident we had, he got he gone. He gone, and that's the way we're going to handle it. I mean, it, we want it to be positive because there are so many good things about hunting. There are so many things that we could share with each other mm -hmm. and teach each other. And if you think you know it all and have learned it all, you then <laughs> you're a dummy. <laughs> so <laughs> come to DeerCast and, like the rest of us dummies, figure out learn how, some stuff. Learn some stuff. Yeah. So that's the final uh, parting shot I got for today. Yeah, that's legit. All right. Well, everyone. Thanks for joining us, Rod White. Thank you for joining us on the show today. Everyone have a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday. Thanks, Rod. Thanks. See ya. We're adding new videos every week, so make sure to click that subscribe button and check out all of our amazing content. This episode of DOD TV was brought to you by Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's.